This is Risky Women Radio, a show that connects, celebrates and champions women in risk, regulation and compliance. We're here to share the insights on the biggest issues in our industry and hear inspiring journeys from our global members. Sign up to our newsletter at riskywomen.org. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. Welcome to Risky Woman Radio, forecasting live today from Hong Kong. I'm Jenny Wong, Managing Director at Protivity. And today we'll explore the complexity of the compliance landscape as part of our Protivity 2023 Top Risk Report. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a special guest, Deborah Au. Deborah is the Head of Legal Compliance and Secretariat at DBS Bank for Hong Kong, Macau, and China. Deborah has had a vast and enduring compliance career for 18 years. Just to name a few of her career highlights, being the Chief Compliance Officer for Hong Kong and Macau at HSBC, where she was instrumental in guiding the bank through the DPA and Skill Person Review. Deborah's compliance knowledge and experience was further developed from her time at Goldman Sachs and Sotgent. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny, for having me. We would love to hear in your words about your story and your career journey. Deborah, what is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career and has it paid off? Yeah, the biggest risk I've taken uh, in my career is the switch uh, from my career in Sotgen as a pure compliance. And then when I stepped into HSBC, I actually uh, getting myself into the frontline role into the CEO office. And I'm sure during that uh, big uh, switch, and along the way, you've had obviously mentors and people who's inspired you. So we would be really interested to know, Deborah, throughout that journey, who's inspired you the most? I think it's my mentor, my life mentor, uh, really. Uh, someone, you know, uh, my my previous bosses, Eileen Flaherty. Um, who actually inspired me the most that the career advice that he, uh, she gave me and also, uh, my other, uh, mentor called Gary DeWall, uh, who is, um, very, um, quite a distinguished, uh, New York, uh, lawyers. Both are lawyers in US, one in Chicago and one in New York. And their combined uh, career advice for me is don't limit yourself and take control of your own path. So that is one of the reasons why I would love, you know, being, being in legal compliance or risk as the support function or control function, uh, previously being seen as cost center. I really want to understand the vast majority, you know, why we always being, you know, boxing into the boxes 
uh, as a control person where we don't know the business. So that, that is one of the reasons why I put myself above my comfort zone. Yeah. And jump into a bank, which is, you know, having the precedent case as DPA and then really rolling off my sleeve to try to understand what exactly is the problem in the business and how to help to provide inputs to contribute to the bank and, and, and settle the crisis or challenges where the bank uh, and the financial industry is first and foremost facing. That is some really good career advice. So diving in, in more into our topic today, Deborah, what do you think are some of the biggest regulatory compliance challenges facing the Asia-Pacific financial institutions? I really think, you know, with the recent years of geopolitical uncertainty and the business, you know, evolving so fast, if you look into the market, if you close the business, you see Bloomberg every day is changing the chart, you know, and the walls, you know, unexpected. I do think um, the biggest regulatory uh, compliance challenges for APAC is the diversified, you know, uh, jurisdiction with uh, diversified regulatory requirement and landscape that the financial institution needs to comply with. Yes, and I think that, you know, that that's definitely one of the top consideration for a lot of the institutions nowadays. Moving on, I'd like to also get your thought, Deborah. How do you see the compliance function changing to adapting to the techn- technological paces such as digital growth, entry into new markets, and also customers needing faster, easier, and more efficient interaction with their financial institutions? And what are some of the consequences, would you say, of not keeping up with that pace with the business? Well, I do think, you know, given the world is changing, right? We're not now using, you know, really new ways of working like we now having the interview online, uh, which is not, you know, usually the 10 or 15 years ago, which, you know, I don't want to quote how long I've been in the industry in my age now. <laughs> so I do really want to uh, highlight is I can see that in the next, you know, five or whatever very quick uh, uh, near future, we don't use PowerPoint presentations uh, in our governance forum, for, for example, with the use of AI uh, technology, red catch and fintech. We may have some real-time data, and then we can use, just use dashboard real-time, click in the button. Compliance can do a real-time check-in challenge to the business, uh, to the front line. And then we hold up a bit of our second law of defense roles, stewardship to, to, to adhere to, you know, to our roles as a uh, second law of defense. So if we don't keep up the pace, and we, we're not moving up enough, um, to close to the business. And the consequence, uh, is that 
the business and, uh, and us were losing the touch. We will not be seen as the strategic business partner. So some of the, the, the quick evolving landscape, uh, like I, I want to use uh, some sort of metaphor is that um, recently I just, you know, finished my vacation from Greenland and I passed through couple of days in Iceland. In October, I'm still able to drive and walk in the city of Drenovac in Iceland. Where else can get in November? You know, the whole city have to evacuate. Uh, Blue Lagoon with no tourists. While a month ago, it still flourished with tourism. and, and a lot of people walking around everywhere and myself is actually uh, enjoying the city with the prosperity uh, in Iceland. And today you can see with almost 20,000 earthquake a day and the whole city evacuated um, and the earthquake erupted. Everyone is like an empty dead city now. So I think the agility is is key and then keeping up the pace with what's happening and then close to the business is very important. Otherwise, how can, you know, Iceland being able to interpret the earthquake is coming and then give us, I mean, give them the warning signs to evacuate people from the city to the safe place. I think same mental force applies. I really like that analogy. I think that's just the emphasis to your point is just how quickly can we adapt and the agility is really key in for us to keep up with the business. Um, so Deborah, looking ahead, I mean, you've, you've already touched on it a little bit. What do you think or how, how do you foresee the compliance function forming in the next five to 10 years? How is that going to different from today? And, you know, you've already mentioned earlier AI. What role will AI play? And what will be the keys to success for us? So I think uh, the cornerstone uh, really is to, you know, uh, in the next five years for compliance function is to maintain the private uh, public partnership which is, you know, to work with the regulators together because technology is evolving, you know, every day. Who, who can imagine AI, then gen AI and so forth, you know, we're using today, right? I don't want to use the word ChatGPT because in Asia it's diversified, um, it's generative AI. And, and now what, what role AI can play or will play, I think it will be a uh, majority of roles that help us do our work much more efficient, effective, and the human touch still wouldn't be able to, you know, completely supersede because the essence or the clutch of compliance function is to give and provide quality and strategic advice, being the trust and value strategic partners to the business. And that I don't think AI or generative AI will be able to master it. 
So as long as a good compliance officer keep up the pace with business, a strategic partnership, and then uh, also externally with the other hand is proper private partnership as the cornerstone, maintain a good balance act, and keep up ourselves with mastering the use and know-how of AI and generative AI can help to do our work much more efficient, effective. You know, the next five and 10 years, I can only see risk compliance, second law of defense function will be even much more a key impactful role for the financial institutions because uh, we are helping them to grow business safely and then to secure their success. So it sounds like compliance will continue to play a very key role partnering to the business while utilizing AI to increase the efficiency. So it sounds like hopefully I'll be able to keep my job in the near future. Um, Deborah, you've also mentioned this a little bit already, but our friends at the regulator, what are some of the keys to maintaining a good relationship with them, especially in the current changing dynamic environment that we're operating in? I think... Fundamental is really the partnership and the trust that we need to build, work together in collaboration and in a collaborative way with the regulator together on the key priorities where we all want uh, the community, the industry to move forward to a better place, to the better, you know, success and keep on this agenda, you know, uh, in a transparent and collaborative way in partnership. I think that's kind of the cornerstone to maintain good relationship with the regulators. Sounds like you've got the recipe um, sorted out there, maintaining the good relationship with our regulators and with the business. This episode is brought to you by Protivity. Protivity is a global consulting firm with deep expertise in transformation, risk management, and compliance. Partner with Protivity and face the future with confidence. Deborah, I'm I'm now going to move on and I'm going to have to put you on the spot a little bit. I'd like to know in one word, from your opinion, what's the most important trait that a CCO, a chief compliance officer, should have? Okay, I think if you ask me this question a couple of years ago, it will be very different from now. <laughs> I think a uh, couple of years ago, or, you know, if you are having your career in compliance, for long, you think technicality for compliance to know how of the regulations, uh, being able to know the rules, regulation inside all, maybe the most trials. But now I would say it is not to me, uh, the most important. I think, uh, know how is the basic, but Strategic and thought leadership is is the future that uh, a CCO must have. 
because we need to look ahead, keep pace with the business, partnering with the regulator, um, being forefront and having the forward-looking view, not being reactive but more proactive compliance is really the, the important trait of a CCO that today, if you are the CCO, is a must to have. Sounds like an ever-changing um, uh, function, um, compliance in the next few years. Um, and um, I mean, I, I just have to give you guys a world of credit to be able to function in, in this um, in this environment. Um, Deborah, so looking into the year ahead, what is going to be your top priority? I think my top priority is to keep on upskilling and uh, up upskilling and reskilling people, changing the old school compliance, allow me to use the word, uh, the mindset with, you know, from a reactive uh, compliance mindset to much more a proactive mode uh, because previously we always used the word reactive perform. Now I would say compliance have to proactive prevent and preempt because we cannot get ourselves back into the loop. If you see the history of each financial institution that moves uh, from crisis or some legacy history is there is no longer, you know, the luxury to be reactive and then we perform. We need to be proactive to prevent and protect. Sounds like you just need to be 10 steps ahead every time. Um, so that's that's definitely going to be an interesting journey uh, for all of us. And Deborah, as a final question, what is the one book that you would recommend to all the upcoming leaders within the risk and compliance uh, space? So there is a book that I really want to introduce uh, to everyone, which is the book called um, uh, from Clever Business School uh, is Stop Worrying on What Other People Think. So um, I think later on I'll share the whole book name and, and it's a recent published book in under Harvard Business Review. And um, it talks about the idea of focal uh, theory, is fear of people's opinion. I think compliance, and especially for female, if you are in the risk and compliance areas and you are one of the female leaders in the chair, um, we tend to be very humble because we're female. Um, and for new leaders, we try to always observe 
what other old folks think uh, thinks. But because of that, we tend to think too much. <laughs> and we limit our potential and and try to let the Asian brain or others to take control of what we really think. So sometimes we may, you know, hold on a bit because as a as a recent compliance, we may want to observe and a little bit conservative. But now with the evolving, changing uh, landscape, I do think uh, the the need to start taking back the control uh, of ourselves in order to be comfortable and able to speak up is very important. And recently I learned from my um, um, one of my manager, he did say something which also inspired me quite a bit. So he gave me a feedback and say, Deborah, you, you know, I think you are a driven and aggressive person. And, you know, my immediate uh, reaction when I heard the word aggressive, and I found that, oh, why do you use the word aggressive? And he said, what's wrong with that? <laughs> we need female on the table who are senior leaders to be a bit aggressive. But in my mind, the Asian mind, brain, I equally, you know, think aggressive equals sign to stereotype. So flip side of the coin, yeah, why it has to be stereotype? So, so yeah, I think there is always two sides of the coin. And I think this book will help a lot. And I highly recommend. I really like that last point um, and the example you gave about the aggressive. I can certainly relate to that. Um, and that resonates a lot to me as well, just as a, as a senior female leader walking into some of these conference rooms nowadays. You know, it's like, well, what is wrong with coming across as, as aggressive? It's it's, you know, um, so. Thank you so much for your time, Deborah, today. Um, you've certainly inspired me a lot. I'll definitely go and uh, look into purchasing that book and hopefully get uh, uh, even more inspiration from that book. So once again, thank you so much for your time, Deborah, today. Really enjoyed our discussion and all the best um, in the future. Thank you so much, Jenny. And thank you, Productivity and Risky Moment for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Risky Women Radio. Be part of the ongoing conversation and learn more about our events and other programs at riskywomen.org.